welcome to the Crimson Circle, to the monthly meeting. We're getting ready for Jeff to channel, I assume, Adama Saint-Germain, but the minute I say that, who knows? But I believe it will be Adamus, and we're here again at our first ever, first ever monthly meeting at the Chambre Pavilion. So this is truly the opening event. So we have a beautiful live audience from 11 different countries. Can we get a shot of the audience real quick? Oh, some characters there. So, so with that, let's, let's get ready. And it's time, it's time to take the good deep breath. That conscious breath of life. Take that good deep breath. We take it so for granted. Breathe deeply with feeling and allowing. Allow the energies to move with each breath. Breathing and feeling. Breathing within and out. Take that good deep breath of life. Feel the beauty of nature that surrounds us here. Whether you're here or not, feel it. You can feel it. Take that good deep breath of life, opening all your senses, human and divine. Breathe for love of self with all that you are. Breathe that good deep conscious breath. And as you breathe, Music's going to play with Gerhardt. I invite you to breathe in the music. Really breathe it in. Not just hear it. Breathe it. Breathe for you.
I am that I am, Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Ah, I'm going to take a few more good deep breaths and uh, smell the beauty in the air, mm, the richness, the nature, the coffee. Mm. You know, in my lifetime, my character of Mark Twain, uh, Mark Twain actually came here to this island. Uh, back then, all the islands were called the Sandwich Islands. Doesn't make a lot of sense because you can't find a good sandwich on the island these days, but called the Sandwich Islands. And he loved this place. As a matter of fact, and this is a very true story, he walked right along this road here, right in front of what is now Villa Amio, now called the Mama Lahoa Highway. Back then, it was simply called Coffee Road. Coffee Road, because it was a road used by the, the farmers and by the workers to uh, gather the coffee and bring it in for the drying process. It was mostly used for that. So he walked right in front of this very place. And here we are now, a while later, enjoying the, the beauty of what's been created here. The beauty. And you know, this ties into what we're going to be talking about today, but it's really only a sovereign being who can create like this, or, or, or create the film, or uh, create the, the type of things you're doing. It's a sovereign being who can create like this. Let's take a deep breath with the beauty of this place. Uh, the other night, Caldra and Linda were sitting out on the lanai, uh, what, what's also called the porch, in the evening, having a glass of wine, nice music playing in the background, and uh, Belle laying uh, right next to them. And, and suddenly, Belle had quite a reaction. Well, she'd been sleeping, and suddenly woke up in quite a reaction. Linda, can you uh, demonstrate what that looked like? No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Belle, laying, uh, laying sound asleep, I'll, I'll be happy to do it. And suddenly it's like, And uh, it caught uh, Calder and Linda's eye, and they, they wondered, what, what's wrong with her? Is she maybe having a seizure or something, something wrong? Because she was staring, and then just staring in, in, into kind of space, and then looking around abruptly. Good job. That was really good. That's easy. See, yeah, it's no, easy. yeah you're set an example. Thank you. And they wondered what, what was going on. Uh, at first, they thought maybe she was following a, a bug or a fly or something like that, but then they quickly realized that, uh, it couldn't be. The way she was looking, the way she was uh, placing her focus near and far. But uh, I'll share the rest of the story with you now. It was simply some entities coming in that Bell could perceive and actually see. The other night we had Metatron coming here, Kathumi, of course, uh, <coughs> myself, uh, Tobias, and also Yeshua to kind of round it out. We were coming in because everything was really finally done. There was a little bit of cleanup work to do, but it was time. So we brought our energy in to this beautiful place. Uh, and Yeshua is not one that usually shows up at the Chamber gatherings, but it was important for Yeshua because so much of your history, your, your origins, and even your suffering relates back to the time of Yeshua. So Yeshua was, was here with the rest of us to really herald a, kind of a new era, a no-suffering era. 
Our energy is now deeply infused in Villa Amio, in the Chambra Pavilion. Uh, they, they wondered what to call the pavilion, and at one point, Calder wanted to call it the, and I kind of liked that, I was flattered, but the uh, Adamas Pavilion. But I, I said no, because it's not about me. It's about each and every one of you, all of you who are tuned in watching this. This is about Chambra. It's not about some entity. It never, never should be to glorify uh, an entity. I, I was quite flattered, of course, but uh, it is truly a Chambra pavilion. And well, be before we go any further, we have to first uh, focus our cameras uh, in the back. We have some real characters back here. Uh, if you would stand up, uh, dear characters. Uh, I love when when you come in in costume, when you get dressed up for the occasion. Uh, any comments, any theme, uh, maybe the microphone? Uh, or just because? Yes. Well, first of all, you always invite us to get dressed up, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So uh, it's all it's an act. Your Might fault? As well. Yeah. Number one? Yes. <laughs> And number two, we were sort of uh, feeling into what would be a fun costume. And then yeah. we realized after picking these costumes, reading the archetypes of the <laughs> of all of those characters, it was really interesting to see the. it actually totally matches all of the aspects yes. that have lately been transformed Absolutely. or released or, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I found that really, really interesting. Yes, and it looks so comfortable in all this heat. Uh, <laughs> it does, it does. <laughs> Good. And thank you for getting dressed up. Uh, it really is, is wonderful. And it's also, you know, life is just a great big act. Stop being so serious about everything. And, you know, have fun with it. Have fun with the, the different roles. And you start seeing that the old human act was just a great big act, not to be taken very seriously at all. So before we go any further, uh, quickly, uh, Linda with the microphone, I'm going to ask, uh, what did you feel when you first arrived here at the Chambra Pavilion? What, what, what did you feel and sense when you arrived here? Joy. Say it again. Joy. Joy. Good. Yeah, joy. Uh, and, and, um, uh, and not, we're not done yet. Uh, it's a joy. joy. You can't just give a one word answer. Uh, give her back the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Joy. Joy. Um, and, and where do you come from? Germany. Germany. Okay. And how was it when you left there? <laughs> yeah. Cold? Gray? 20 grades. Not, not, not too bad. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Warm, and, and very when, warm for this. Uh, very warm for this time, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and so when you arrived here this morning, is this your first time at Villa Amio? Yes. Yes. And the first uh, long distance. First long distance. Journey. Uh, other side of the world. Yes. yes. How do to you come feel? Here. Yeah. How does your body feel with all that? Very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When did you arrive? At um, Monday. Monday. So you've had a little time to recover. I was in Denver. Yeah. Ah. Snow. Snow in Denver. Yes. Not so much joy in Denver with the snow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. And so you arrived today, and you felt you felt joy. Anything else? Anything else? 
Freedom. Freedom. Okay. I'll go with that. Good. Thank you. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Yeah. And, and the, the flight here is long, but going home is really long. Sunday, I was in Washington. In Washington, yeah. To see the White House and the Capitol. Oh, that Washington. Oh, I thought you meant the nice Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T how, was how is, there. <laughs> did you feel joy at the White House? Not so much. It yeah. was rainy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, kind of different energy. Uh, I, I used to spend some time in Washington, D.C., and I, I try to avoid it now at all costs. Yeah, good. Thank you. A couple more. What did you feel when you when you got here today? A little excited. Yeah. And so grateful to be here. Mm -hmm. See all of the wonderful Chambre again. Yeah. Or for the first time. So I love it. Anything else? Kind of an underlying energy. It smooths down now. It has been the last for couple of weeks. Yeah, smooths down. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Couple more. What did you feel when when you arrived here today to uh, attend this first shout in, in the Chamber Pavilion? Yes. It's like coming home. Like coming home. Yeah. And it's like heaven. Yeah. And if I could, I would stay here forever. Oh well. Why? <laughs> why? Too. Why not? <laughs> All of us. Why, why, All of us. Why couldn't you stay here forever? About my two children. Yeah. Horses. Your horses. I cannot, ta cannot take it. Here. We can put them on a big airplane and uh, <laughs> have them come over. There are horses here, you know. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is a, the, the only reason. The only reason. Okay. Uh, so if your horse is left, then you would leave too. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's I fair. come here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do love when people love their pets. Yeah, yeah. What are your horses' names? The Mare is Noblesa. Yes. And the uh, Gelding is Leo. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> I need him because horses, you know, don't stay alone. Yes. And therefore, I need another horse. That is very true. And. Uh, this is horses and people. I don't want same. to have another because something it's uh, heavy work for yeah. me to look after. It is. But yeah, the, I love horses. Um, the Mare, it's my it's my it's my heart yeah. child. And huh. you Good. you know it in, in Denmark I told you if I get a phone call and she would be um, have some trouble, then I must go. Yeah. But now this now is she's better. Yeah. Hmm? She's mm. better. Yeah, yeah, she's okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. You. Okay. You're very clear then about uh, what stands between you and, and just being here. Only this, only this, and uh, I could not uh, sell sell them. I could not sell them. I, I could not divorce from right, this right. one horse. It no, is no, I understand. For 15 years, we are together and we are very near, and yeah. uh, this I couldn't do. <laughs> yeah. Good. Thank, Thank you so you. much for sharing. Got one more. What did you feel when you when you walked in here today? What did you feel? Excitement, thrilling, Excitement, thrilling, and focused structure energy. Oh, what do you mean by that? Focused structured energy. I don't know. Um, the um, it, it's. Um, I just, I, I'm not going to send you to the bathroom. I, I, it's a long I just way keep up on there. speaking now. I just yeah, keep yeah, on speaking. Yeah. Um, focused yeah. structure. It's. Um, 
when I was here last year, mm -hmm. it was um, more like a wave there, and now it's oh, been brought together. Yeah, it's yeah. brought together. Yeah, thank you. good, good, great. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what we felt the other night when we came here, uh, the entities and myself, was um, a couple different words to describe it. One is blossoming, opening up, blossoming. Uh, I, I felt that immediately that something was opening up, and I'm not just talking about the the physical structures. I'm talking about something is opening up for Shambra, for Shambra. It's blossoming. You know, the the seeds were planted a long, long time ago for your divinity and your humanity to come together. Two thousand and some years ago, in particular. Again, another reason why Yeshua accompanied us. It took a long time for those seeds to uh, to germinate, to get ready. A, a lot of preparing, a lot of challenges and difficulties. Now they're blossoming. It's opening up. 2020 is going to be such a huge year for all of you, for all of you. Probably, I would say for the majority of Shambhar, 2020 is going to be the most significant year of your life in terms of changes that occur final clearings that take place and realizations in your life. Not because of the year 2020, although the numbers are interesting, uh, but it just so happens to be that was kind of our landing point. You know, we're on schedule. 2020 was kind of that landing point. To, so many of you came in um, after World War II, um, not all, but a, but a lot of you did. And knowing that you're going to be here at this time of technology and that 2020 became a very important turning point. There's nothing you need to do to make that happen. You know, whatever is going to happen in 2020, you don't have to, other than let yourself experience it. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to, uh, we can write songs about it if you want, but you don't have to work at it or effort it. It just occurs. It's a natural germination that leads to the blossoming. Blossoming of uh, all who you really are. Blossoming of your freedom. And that's really what all of this is ultimately about, is that freedom. This place is uh, here at the pavilion is also, I would say, kind of, um, in a way, uh, a center point. Uh, a focal point, an energy connection point for so many uh, Shambra going into their realization. You don't have to be here. Uh, you can, of course, and it's a, it's a beautiful, delightful place, but you don't have to be here. All you can do is tap into the energies, literally right here, in, with those of you who are here today, in, in this floor that you're sitting on, uh, and everything about it becomes kind of the, the focal point. Uh, I think some of you may call it the zero point for the realization to occur. It's, it's going to occur. That's the, that's the fun part, the nice part. This becomes kind of a tuning in, tapping in focal point. And again, whether you ever come here or not doesn't matter, but this is going to be a place where you just say all the all the sovereign energies gather and miracles occur, whether you're here or not. So, for those of you who are here for our first event, uh, you you have the honor, the prestige of being the first to really ground that. Take a deep breath and honor yourself for being here. Those of you watching in, bringing your energy, adding your energy, 
It's going to be a year of blossoming, uh, really getting past a lot of the old, old stuff that uh, you've been carrying around that's been such a, well, the old ghosts. The amazing thing is that, uh, well, the amazing thing is, uh, is that we're here. You're here. A lot have dropped out along the way. Some have crossed over, uh, but you're here. Uh, just for a very quick kind of status report, where we are. We've been going through a lot over these 10 years together. One of the most important things that uh, you're beginning to get, to understand, to embody, is that the realization is going to happen. That's a very key point. I repeat it over and over. The realization is going to happen. I know the date. Uh, and you don't have to worry about it or work at it. That's such an important point. Because there's still a tendency every once in a while, you think you have to work at it, you think you're doing something wrong, or you think, you know, I'm not talking to you, but I'm talking to all of you. The realization happens. And it doesn't matter if it happens next year, the year after, but it doesn't really matter. Because right now is simply the experience of going through it, the shedding of old stuff that's really actually not yours, and then coming to some amazing new understandings. Now, that being said, realization isn't what most people think it is. It's not like suddenly you can walk on water, which uh, Yeshua tells me he never really did. It was really uh, shallow, and uh, they just... Everybody thought he was walking on water, but it was just very, very shallow at the point he was walking. Made for a great story in the Bible, though. Impressed everybody. It's not, realization isn't that kind of thing. I guess if you could say anything, it's just a coming to peace within yourself. Coming to peace where, where there's not the battles, there's not the guilt or the shame or the issues. Finally being able to enjoy yourself. The human self, the divine self, the I am, the master, all that together just not having those inner conflicts or battles. Now, it is kind of magical because when that happens, when there's not all that friction and tension and guilt and shame and everything else going on in your life, that does an amazing thing with the way energy serves you and is aligned for you. When you're in a place of suffering, the energy will then be there to uh, facilitate suffering. When you're in a place now when you are totally at peace with yourself. There's no, none of these inner conflicts. When your creativity springs forth, when it blossoms, the energy all changes to accommodate that, to facilitate it. That's the big difference. That's where the magic occurs. And a lot of people go for the magic, but they forget the other part, that it's about total allowing of self, of everything. So realization, it's a given. Now you can relax and just enjoy. Uh, and I know some of you are still a little nervous about that. Still like, well, I, you know, I got some more to go through. No, you don't, really. Just please get over that. Uh, right now, just let it go. Stop. Some of you are so programmed and conditioned to battling on the inside and outside, you almost can't imagine what it's like to have that. So you hang on to some of the battles. Let go of it right now because the realization occurs. And what's going to happen is you're going to come to me in the next couple of years, you're going to go, geez, why didn't you tell me 
just to allow, just to stop the battles, just to enjoy, because uh, I was really stressing about it. And all that stress and angst was, wasn't worth the time. It was a waste of really precious lifetime on this planet. So number one, realization, it just, it just occurs. It's just there. You pre-planned it a long time ago. I mean, you, you agreed to it a long time ago, and now it's here. Secondly, that energy is your friend. I've talked about it a lot. You know, it takes about five years for things to sink in. Uh, so if you ever wonder why I keep repeating things, because it takes about five years for, for the duh to take place. But energy is your friend. Uh, it, it is not an opposing force. It is not here to hurt you. And now you can't hurt yourself. Remember last month we talked about uh, you, do people abuse themselves or do they abuse others? And it's mostly about abusing themselves. So there's still kind of a kind of a, a fear. Am I going to do something to harm myself or or others? You're not going to. You almost can't. Can you just allow that instead of fighting it, instead of trying to go mental on it, but just allow that? Is that you really can't hurt yourself, and, and energy's not going to hurt you. Can you allow that, Luke? You still struggle with that, don't you? A little bit. A little, a little bit. <laughs> a lot of it. Uh, you know, uh, you'll get it. So uh, you're still kind of in that mentality, uh, am I going to hurt myself, and worse yet, am I going to hurt others? Uh, you, you don't have to worry about that anymore. That's a big one. That's a big one. You know, because it's still part of you, and you still you still like walking the edge of that. You know, coming to the point of almost hurting yourself, but you're not going to anymore. So let's take a deep breath with that. You're just not going to hurt yourself anymore. You're not going to. Energy is your friend. Energy is there to serve you. The two big things: realization just happens, and <laughs> and. And energy is there to serve you. <laughs> it's like, and this is fun, actually, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. And Linda was looking for a thrill here. Uh, well, I'll, I'll stand still. I'll stand still. Um, so uh, this is really strange. Uh, so so uh, those are two very, very big points. I've been talking a lot about energy. Because that's, well, it's, it's so, hold the microphone, please. Let me play with my own pants. Uh, we could switch to a shot of the ocean while all this is going on here. That, or, this is one of the strangest shouts ever. Uh, third point, a very big one. Right now, we're working with the key hawkers on the free energy body the light body. We'll eventually be bringing that to all Ashambra, but right now it's such a, a focused and, and relatively clear group. Uh, thank you. Am I good to go? Okay, thank you. Okay. Free energy body. You're going to need it uh, to stay here as an embodied master because the old physical body, as you know, hurts and does weird things. It's painful. It's, uh, you identify with it, but it's one of the 
semi-disgusting things about being a human being is having a, the physical body. So we're working on the free energy body. Uh, and as I pointed out, we don't want to do that first. You know, so many um, spiritual new age types, uh, let's go work on the free energy body. And they're still carrying around all these wounds and imbalances and everything else. Then it really, you're really looking for uh, a major collision uh, when you do that. You're trying to bring in uh, something you don't even know what it is, what they call a light body. You're trying to force that in because you really don't like your physical body. You're guilty about your physical body. You're trying to do a light body and you're trying to force that in. It is, it is a recipe for disaster. And, and I'll go even further. It's a recipe for cancer when people do that. Yeah. Do you want to go out on a date or something? <laughs> they're, they're having technical problems. So uh, for those watching and online, we're having a lot of fun. Um, it was very important to all the static, uh, very important to do things like uh, releasing uh, the ancestors. Uh, you know, while, while other groups are honoring and worshiping and trying to emulate their ancestors, it's like, no, let's get rid of them. Uh, because, and they want you to, because uh, it just carries on that tradition of the old physical body and, and very limited suffering thoughts. So uh, we're at the point now with the free energy body. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't want it to happen overnight. It's, a, it's an a evolving thing, and there's kind of this um, dance that takes place between the old biology and, and your free energy biology that, that takes a little while. Not necessarily painful, but just at times a little strange and a little bit uncomfortable. So that's kind of where we are, and we're at this blossoming point right now where the realization just starts really now, um, what do you say, taking hold, uh, sinking in, becoming you, not just a fleeting thought every once in a while or a fleeting experience, but it becomes part of your everyday life. Now where the light body, you start to feel it uh, in your biology or your bi actually your biology becomes, integrates with your light body. So this here, this is a this is a place of blossoming that's taking place right now. Let's take a good deep breath with that. A place of blossoming, whether you ever come here in person or not. Last month, we talked uh, about the, the idea that freedom and suffering really can't coexist. And it created a lot of interesting, good comments uh, amongst Chambra. Freedom and suffering cannot really coexist. And when I say that, I'm talking first about within your being, within your psychology, within your body. They can't. I mean, just feel into the dynamics for a moment. You know, part of you is truly becoming free, where you're not relying on anything or anyone else for your energy, for your creations, for anything. You are a free being. You're no longer uh, connected with the ancestral biology or mind or DNA. You're literally becoming a free being, even though you're in physical reality. 
That's an amazing physics just there. Even though you're still in physical reality, because one would say it's almost impossible to be free in matter, in, in this physical reality. It's not true, actually. You can be. Because that energy, even of matter, starts working for you. So now we have this whole dynamic, that part of you becoming totally free, and still some of the old um, suffering uh, uh, energy and consciousness. And the two can't exist. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? You have that free part coming in, but you still have the suffering part uh, that's it, it, it knows it's on its way out, but it's resisting. It, it still believes there has to be some degree of suffering. So just feel what that dynamic is like, what it's going to do in your body and even in your mind. And ultimately that they can't coexist. And, and I was very careful how I worded that last month because there is a tendency for you to say, well, maybe they can coexist. I'll be relatively free, but I'll still carry a little suffering with me just to remind me not to screw up. Or I'll still carry a little suffering because, you know, the rest of the world is suffering. So I guess I should carry a little bit of it with me too, so I can still be empathetic. The two really can't coexist. You can have a big battle within your being physical or mental being, you can have a big battle taking place uh, to see who wins. Kind of like the old battle between light and dark, but now this is freedom versus suffering. Freedom will win. Freedom will win. You've come too far. You've had some tastes of it. It was part of, uh, well, you could say your, your destiny for this lifetime, uh, your desire for this lifetime. So. Freedom will prevail. And somewhere along the line, suffering is going to have to come to an end. Your allowing of suffering in your life has to come to an end. How is that story going to play out? Feel into some of the suffering that you still carry, whether it's um, a physical ailment, whether it's um, uh, just psychological, Suffering uh, is going to have to change. The two cannot coexist. And I want to be so clear about that because I, I know so many of you are going to try to make it coexist. I'll be mostly free with a little bit of suffering, and it's just not going to work. It's all or nothing. All or nothing. So what happens to that suffering portion of yourself? Feel into it for a moment. Feel into, uh, as a matter of fact, would you mind, uh, this is not a, a mirab, but just a little feel into your suffering kind of music. <laughs> you know, words can only go so far, and then we've got to pick it up with some music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was such an important point that uh, we brought up during the last shout. Freedom and suffering can't coexist. Now there's that part of you that, uh, call it what you want, pain, suffering, guilt, remorse, uh, lack of self-worth, it's all the same thing, it's all suffering. 
what happens to that suffering? What's what? Where's it going to go? When's it going to end? How's it going to end? How is that? How is that battle going to end? Or is it going to have to be a battle? Every one of you still carries a degree of that suffering within you. How does that come to be? How, if if freedom and suffering cannot exist together, what happens? If you're not sure where your suffering is, just think the two o'clock in the morning when you wake up and you have that anxiety, or worries, or fears. What happens to that suffering? Suffering is such a, a interesting but strange uh, part of the human condition. It was never programmed in at the beginning. It wasn't like when the the human being was being developed that somebody said there has to be a, a component of suffering. It was uh, it evolved. It came to be. Suffering is, the planet is really, you know, into it. They just accept it, which I find unacceptable. That they just accept that suffering is part of life, and it shouldn't be. I'm going to go so far as to say one of the great um, things that you're going to do for this planet is put suffering out of your life. And eventually, that may just put suffering out of human consciousness. It is a component that does not need to be there, but yet is. It's pervasive. A lot of it's tied into what we call the uh, sexual energy virus. I mean, could you imagine even in your own life, no suffering? Suffering, and I use that term uh, broadly. It means a lot of things. Fear. Guilt, shame, of course, means a lot of different things. Just hardship, struggle. Could you imagine if it's not in your life? And can you imagine being? And and by the way, uh, you're really good uh, sufferers. All of you, good sufferers. Done a really good job with it. Kind of, some of you have taken it to the extreme, but that was part of the game. And then, can you imagine emerging and being amongst the first? I mean, really amongst the first on this planet that aren't suffering. That when I talked about standards so many years ago. Even before I took over for Tobias, I talked about standards, examples to others. 
can you imagine being the examples of the ones who no longer suffer? It's huge. It could change so many things on the planet. But do it for yourself, not for others, because they may still want to stay in that suffering modality, at least for a while. So what happens to that suffering? Well, and I generalize here, it's not meant this way for everybody. I generalize, but it's going to try to put up its last hurrah, its last fight. It's going to insist that you have to hold on to some of it. So it's going to rise up, you know, within you, within some experiences in your life. And the suffering is going to try to tell you, let's just call it the suffering aspect. It's going to try to tell you that you have to have it. You're not worthy to be without any suffering. And some of you are going to believe it. Aspects are really good at tricking you because, well, they are you. They know all your vulnerabilities, your weak spots and everything else. So the suffering is going to try to hang on. And when it realizes that you're going to call its game, you're going to, you're going to recognize that it's just an aspect. Then it's going to try to plead with you, beg with you. It's going to do the poor me. I'm just this little suffering aspect. And look, you're trying to throw me out. It's going to try to work on your sympathies. And your emotions. It's going to try to make you feel guilty. And it really knows how to make you feel guilty. And it sounds kind of weird. Why, why would you even want suffering? But it'll find a way to make you uh, feel bad about it and yourself. And then what happens to it when that doesn't work? When you, when you tell that aspect... You're just not going to go along with it. Then what happens to it? Well, and I'm generalizing here, but along comes the master. The master's been watching all this, how suffering, that suffering aspect has been playing you like a fiddle. First threatening, then begging, playing you like a fiddle. And the master is going to come along. Master has no love, no regard, no, no like whatsoever for suffering. The master is just going to plant himself or herself right in the center of your being, right where the suffering is trying to work. And not say a word, not do a thing, but just be so present without wavering, without flinching, so present in the master's light, in the master's wisdom, that, well, it'd be kind of like this huge explosion. As that last bit of suffering is brought to wisdom. It's not going to go easy. It's not going to be like a gentle, uh, fluffy little transformation. It'd be a big bang explosion when suffering is brought to wisdom. 
you'll feel it. It'll be, actually, it'll be a really good feeling. It might really jolt your body. It'll definitely jolt every other part of you. But it will be such a relief. And all that suffering was finally brought to wisdom. And that's it. That's the end of it. That's the end. You'll, you'll remember what it was like to suffer, but it'll be a thing of the past. Because that's where it belongs. And then just no more suffering. Let's take a deep breath with that. That will be such an indication of your coming to realization when that occurs. And it's not going to be a gentle, easy, uh, a gentle, mild thing. It will be big. Lightning bolt big, you know. Explosion big. Uh, not explosion that it's going to hurt you, but it'll be big. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Thank you, Master G. So you have that to look forward to. And I mean that literally. You have that to look forward to. Uh, it's time to end the suffering within your being. That's the first half of it. And I say then that freedom and suffering cannot coexist. Well, you're going to have taken care of that within yourself. And you're not going to have that component. To, freedom then will be pervasive. It, you will be freedom. Now what about the rest of the world? You've chosen to stay here on the planet as embodied masters. You're going to stick around, but you're going to be in a world of suffering. Still believes into it. Still buys into it. It's still, from the moment people get up in the morning till the moment they go to bed, there's a heavy component of suffering. How are you going to coexist with that? How are you going to be a free being in a suffering world? It will be challenging. It will be very challenging. Because in a way, you'll still remember what the suffering was like, and you'll not want anybody else to suffer. You'll want to erase that from their being. You'll be tempted to try to do little magic tricks on them to relieve their suffering. Don't. Don't do it. Remember, they're on their journey. They're picking their experiences. Don't do it. It'll, it'll backfire on you. It's going to be difficult because uh, you're going to want to scream out at times to people to stop the suffering, but their ears won't hear it. They're not ready for it. It'll be difficult because at times the suffering, uh, the, the energies and the consciousness of suffering are so heavy and in a way, you're going to be so light that it almost becomes unbearable to stay. That's perhaps one of the biggest things. You're going to have this free energy body, so you're not going to have all the body aches and pains, your ancestors' bodies anymore. But you're going to be amongst the suffering, and that's going to be difficult. That's going to be really tough at times. So what do you do? Well. A couple of things, like I said in our last gathering, your, your office is a park bench and a cafe. You just be. You just, you're radiating your beingness. 
without trying to inflict change. What you're doing is you're opening up potentials that they might not be seeing, but it's not up to you whether they see them or not, whether they choose them or not. It's not up to you. So what do you do? Well, you're going to need plenty of time by yourself to get away from all that suffering, and you're going to find yourself, uh, as some of the other Ascended Masters did, you're going to walk away from it once in a while, just want to be away from the rest of the world and just cry for them. You know, Yeshua did a lot of crying for humanity. Uh, Yeshua was a composite being, not a soul being, but uh, made up of many other soul beings. And it was so difficult at times to be in that enlightened state, yet to see all the harm that people do, all the suffering they go through, and to know that you can't, you can't run around and evangelize. You can't try to make them change. When they're ready, they'll find their way to you or to somebody like you. But in the meantime, they are choosing to go through that. So that's going to be a tough one. That's where it's going to be important to spend time by yourself, recharge your batteries, recognize that they're going through an experience that you also went through. And uh, there's other things. Occasionally get, getting together with other Chambra to, to join together like what so many of you are doing here. And to really start uh, putting together your own story putting together your own story, whether you do it in a written form or, or however, the understanding of your own story, I mean, your journey for many, 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 many lifetimes is going to give you uh, a deeper empathy and understanding for, for other humans, uh, but also what you've gone through. By putting together your own story also is something that you can leave behind for them eventually. It's going to help you uh, come deeper into your own truth. So let's take a deep breath with that. Freedom and suffering uh, cannot coexist within yourself. But what you're doing here is choosing to stay on the planet, a suffering planet, as a realized being. That's a real challenge. That's a real challenge. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Next on the list, let's do uh, this month's, this month's, uh, I think I should just sit down and not move. <laughs> let's do this month's uh, Practical Magic for the Modern Merlin. This month is uh, an interesting one. Um, and where it's going to lead to is going to be a little bit of conflict with some of you, but uh, I like that. Practical magic is that when uh, magic occurs, when sovereign beings allow their energy to dance with each other. So magic occurs when sovereign beings they get together and they allow their energy to dance. Now, that's really important, uh, and I'll explain the other side of that coin in just a minute, but that's really important because you're beginning to do it and to see it. You know, if there's two sovereign beings who are not needing energy or anything else from anybody else, and you put a couple sovereign beings together, 
their creativity, their sovereign energy that's not trying to uh, steal from anyone else. Miracles, amazing things happen. We're beginning to see some of it with, with Chambra all around, with, with some of you, some of the examples you talked about today, the pavilion, uh, sovereign beings, not, not all of them involved in the process. In other words, there was a lot of workers who weren't, and that's frustrating if you're a sovereign being and uh, someone else is not. Uh, the movie that you're putting together, Rude Awakening, sovereign beings working on that. You still have the everyday uh, parts and pieces that you have to contend to, but you've, for those of you working on the film, you've begun to experience that. You get a couple of sovereign beings where there's no game playing, there's no energy stealing, you bring that together, phenomenal things occur uh, that you could have never imagined. Now, yes, you still have to contend with uh, regular humans to get some other parts done, and that's, that's the hard part. Uh, building the pavilion, the concept, the design, the, uh, everything was brought together by sovereign beings, but you still had some workers who weren't quite so sovereign. But you know, when a couple of sovereign beings get together, amazing things occur. Now, I use the words carefully once again. I say when, when the sovereign beings get together and they let their energies dance together, then amazing things happen. In other words, you're not, you're not combining your energies. You cannot. You cannot combine energies. Uh, so, but you can let energies play and dance together. Humans, for the most part, uh, what they do is uh, they're not sovereign. Uh, they don't understand energy, and they think it's if there is anything, it's outside of themselves. They become like um, little, wanting to be like little pieces of the puzzle. So in other words, they, they don't see themselves as whole and sovereign. They see themselves as a little piece and wanting to interconnect with the other pieces of the puzzle. For most humans, uh, they are energy dependent on other people. And therefore, when they work together, often they fight. Often there's issues, everything from power and jealousy and uh, other things. And the most of the time, uh, great things are not accomplished because of they're not sovereign. They don't understand energy. So it takes a long time to do things, to work it out. There's a lot of experiences that occur on the way, but basically it's really hard to create and to manifest anything. You take a couple of sovereign beings, you don't have that issue. Things fly, things happen, things expand beyond. And it's not that uh, I'm trying to put my energy into yours. We're simply taking ours and dancing together. Feel into that for a moment. You put two sovereign beings together that own their own energy. And now you can really dance. You put a couple of humans together that fear energy, that steal energy, and oftentimes it's, it's disastrous. Other times it's just slow and uh, laborious. So that brings up um, a couple of points. First of all, you've heard me say that everything you perceive is your energy. It's going to take a couple of years for that to really sink in. But everything 
you perceive as your energy. Of course, the first question that people uh, that you and others ask is, well, we're all seeing the ocean as an ocean. Uh, you know, we all do things together. What do you mean? All these people are my energy? No, it's, no, it's your perception. All energy is your perception. The energy or what you're perceiving does not belong to anyone else. It is all yours. Now, the difference is, uh, is that, that uh, it's all your energy, but it's not, you're not just perceiving your consciousness. You can perceive the consciousness of another being, but it's like they're on the other side of your energy field. All the energy is yours, but you can also be aware that there's other consciousnesses out there. They cannot take from you. They can't ever uh, be part of yours. I don't care if you're two passionate lovers and your soulmates and everything else. Consciousness can never be together. But you can perceive them, and therefore it can have an effect on how you perceive your energy. That's another important point. It takes a little while to really understand that. Once, once you start realizing everything out there is your energy, it's your perception, your energy, but you're also aware that there's other consciousnesses out there, and that can affect, or uh, it can have an effect on how you perceive your energy. Uh, just feel into that for a moment. Uh, Feel some of you like, what the hell is he talking about? Okay, now, next. Humans buy into kind of a group energy thing. They buy into a group energy. They really believe in it. They, Everything's about a group. It's kind of an old Atlantean hangover thing, but people still buy into it. That you're part of a group, of a community, of a, of a commune in some way. Energy, therefore, life is communal. The master doesn't see it that way. The master is part of no group, no community, no commune. The master is sovereign under themselves. So we come to this point in what we're doing together, and you realize that this isn't a group activity. You notice that, Chamber, we can come together, we can talk, we can have fun, but uh, to live together, to have, a, yeah, oh, <laughs> to have a communion together would never work. In a way, you're not part of a group. You're, you're sovereign beings. We come together for a dance once in a while, but you're not dependent on you don't rely on the group, nor would I or any of the other Ascended Masters want you to be. You come to this point and you realize that there's no group energy. It's all yours. That's a little disconcerting at first because humans rely and depend on group dynamics. Their families, their friends, their, just even the presence of another human once in a while. They, they like affinity groups. They like to belong to different things. You know, with Crimson Circle, there's no belonging. There's no membership. There's no dues. There's none of that. You are sovereign beings. 
We come together in a dance once in a while, but you do not belong to the group. It's the same now with really uh, any of that group consciousness. And some of you are going to have a hard time with this because uh, you feel it's the right thing to do to, to be part of a community. Some of you feel that group energy uh, is important, but you come to realize as a master that you go beyond that. It's a little scary because some people don't like being that, you could say, alone. But as a sovereign being, you're never really alone. You have yourself. And then maybe some other sovereign beings. But we come to this point and it's time to ungroup. And you've probably been sensing that in the last um, three or four weeks. Uh, first, you start sensing a lack of not belonging to anything anymore. You even wonder, do I belong to Crimson Circle? No, you never did. Uh, you start realizing you feel so disconnected from groups, from things. That is a natural uh, feeling that uh, anyone coming into their mastery feels. And it's a little frightening, a little scary at first. Uh, because uh, society says, no, you should be a part of things. No, you're a sovereign being. Sovereign beings can dance with other sovereign beings and never take each other's energy, never harm each other, never have to give somebody else energy or anything else. It's a free-form dance. But humans, they're going to try to continue to feed off your energy. I think we have kind of have an understanding of that now through the sexual energy school, not to allow that. Don't, don't let them do that. But they're going to continue to try. They're going to continue to try to group onto you. Now you come to the point in this amazing work we're doing together where you realize that it's not a group energy anymore. It's kind of like, it's kind of like um, to use a, an analogy, it's kind of like you have a potluck dinner. And you bring the dessert, and you bring the beans, and you bring the bread, and you bring the fish, and you bring a salad, and you bring uh, some cheese. That's kind of how humans are. It's a big pot. Like everybody brings a little something to the table, and then we have a complete meal. What do you bring? What do you bring to the potluck if you're a sovereign being? Wine. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is true. You bring a bottle of wine and you eat everybody else's food. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, it's all there. It's all there. There's no potluck. There's no group thing. You, you, you're there and everything is there with you. And depends on uh, what you're in the mood for, but it's just there. You bring the whole damn thing. Uh, and, and you don't need to each individually bring something. Uh, but I, I want you to really feel into this for a moment because uh, we come to this point and it's about ungrouping and it feels awkward and some of you are going to uh, get on social media and scream at me for it, but I'm used to that. So and just don't pick on Linda anymore. <coughs> comes to the point where we ungroup so you're truly sovereign. And the beauty is then when you're with other sovereign beings, you can dance uh, all night long. Never take away somebody else's energy. 
and never have them take away yours. That's where the miracles occur. That's where Shambhra projects in the future, whether you do it on your own or you join with other sovereign beings, that true miracles occur. Feel into that for a moment. Being sovereign, being ungrouped. I'm not saying communities or organizations or any of that is, is bad. It's good for people, for a lot of people at that time, at that point in their life. But now it's time you go beyond that. It's, uh, it's kind of like, in a way, what we, with the ancestral freedom, it was time to let go of the ancestors. This time it's time to let go of uh, the human group mentality. Humans kind of need to feel that they're well a part of that. And never all, but they need to feel they're a little part of that. And we go beyond. And you'll this over the next uh, couple of weeks. This will this will get you to do some thinking and to some feeling and wondering if you heard it right. But then come back to how I opened this part of the discussion with the practical magic for the modern Merlin is when sovereign beings get together. The dance is amazing. That's when the magic occurs. And you're seeing it now in some of the Chambre projects. That's when the magic occurs. So good. Now, now it's time for a Marab uh, with a little music from Master Jean. I've been talking quite a bit lately about suffering because we're going beyond it. And I'm going to do this, Marab, to really facilitate that. Kind of interesting having a opened air shout. It's really uh, a place where the energies start blossoming. The realization starts really blossoming right here. So I've talked recently about suffering because that's one of the next things that we go beyond. Being a realized master, no suffering in your life. Suffering is a thing of the past. Let's put it in the past. It's a, a component of past experiences. Let's put it there where it belongs. And not let it seep into the future. Let's keep it in the past and actually let the master bring it to wisdom. Let's let that presence of the master be so present and so clear, so steady. To be able to look that suffering right in the right in its eyes, right in its being. Not trying to fight it, not trying to destroy it, but just being so present, unwavering, that the suffering 
just melts in front of it. Let's use this moment, this shout, also at the time of this new pavilion. And we draw that line and we, we tell the suffering no more. No entry into the future, into our tomorrows, into what comes next. So let the master within you now be ever present. Not deceived or not fooled by this aspect of suffering. Master doesn't need to say a word or to do a thing, it's just to be present. And then to feel what what begins to happen to this suffering aspect. A lot of times in the past, you might have uh, started engaging in some mental activity. Thinking you had to like engage this suffering aspect, talk to it or yell at it or do something. I want you to feel what it's like to just be present. Even if that aspect is trying to taunt you or fight you, Feel what it's like just to be in presence. That suffering aspect has a big bag of tricks. Lack of money, lack of abundance. Constant tormenting belittling, pretending that one doesn't know the answers. It's also body aches, diseases, imbalances, all that is kind of packaged up in this suffering aspect. just doesn't belong on this planet anymore. It doesn't. I'm, I'm tired of it. And I know you're tired of it. Why people take it for granted, why people just think it's part of life, I, I don't know. It's not. Life should be joyful and abundant. The suffering aspect, it's been lingering around for a while. You've cleared so many other things, but uh, there are still these remnants. Well, it's just time to keep that in the past. There's no place in your future for that suffering, period. 
And yeah, you're going to still see suffering around you with other people. That that's going to be a tough one. But right now, we're talking about the suffering within yourself. Keep suffering in the past where it belongs. There's no reason why any human should have to suffer. No reason. It somehow has become such a part of the human condition. And maybe the work that you're doing with yourself, with your realization, maybe, maybe it will have. A way of changing that, at least with some people. Take a good deep breath now, and let that master and the wisdom of the master be totally present. Totally present, right with this aspect of suffering. Aspect could be screaming and kicking or complaining or whatever, but the master just holds its own, holds its wisdom, holds its light, until this aspect realizes the game's over. The game is over. Something maybe in the next few days, few weeks, whatever, something just pops. When that aspect is finally brought to wisdom, let's take a deep breath with that. Between now and our next gathering, also、uh, feel what it's like as you really start to ungroup. You're a sovereign being. You don't need to be a part of a group to be who you are.、It、doesn't mean you won't relate to, be with other people, but you're not going to be dependent on them. Feel strange at first. Ever since the times of Atlantis, it's always been about the、uh, communal. Now you go sovereign. But remember, when you're feeling into that and it's feeling a little strange, or like you just don't belong anymore. You know, humans have this 
tremendous need. They have to belong to something. But as you start realizing you don't need to belong, the real magical part is that you can get together with other sovereign beings and magic occurs. Your energies dance together and magic occurs. Let's take a deep breath and we've got a um, honoring from those who've accompanied me in here. Tobias, Kathumi, Metatron, and Yeshua. Let's take a deep breath into your blossoming and your opening up. With that, my dear friends, remember that all is well in all of creation. Thank you. So with that, once again, let's take that good deep breath, the breath of life, that conscious breath, and allow this invitation of Adamus to integrate for you some huge, huge things he's asking us to consider and to do. So really feel into it. Can you do it? Will you allow it? Will you allow it? Take the good deep breath of allowing. Thank you everyone for being here, listening to us at the Chamber Pavilion, watching those here. And I also want to note that I am highly suspect that some of that electronic noise was John Kaderica wishing to be acknowledged also as somehow a part of this. So with that, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here and thank you, Gerhardt. Thank you, everyone.